Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei. Und jetzt ist er drin. Jetzt ist er drin. Und die Spotzen macht das Tor. Und er ist drin. Buchmann, Buchmann, Buchmann macht das zweite Tor. Da ist das Tor. Der zählt das 2 zu 2. Drist ist wieder da. Größer ist da. Für Rausch, der setzt an zur Flanke, da kommt der Ball, Tor, 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 We welcome you to another edition of the Sparta Bundesliga podcast, your home for all things German second tier football. I'm your host Matthew Karagic, it's a pleasure to have your company. This is the big one, the match day one preview. Two nights from the time that this recording goes out and we will be underway in Stuttgart under the bright lights of the Mercedes-Benz Arena to start the Spider Bundesliga season for 2019-20. Plenty to get through and to help me navigate through all the twists and turns of this crazy league. Once again, I welcome Eva Lotti Ball to join us. Eva, how you doing? Way too warm, but good. <laughs> uh, excellent, that's good to hear. And fresh off Ingolstadt's 2-1 victory over Karzas Jena, uh, thanks to two Fantastic own goals by Marion Saar. Uh, making his debut for this season, uh, for the first time this season, is Alex Howe. Alex, how are you doing, mate? I am similar, uh, similarly dying in the sun, but I am okay. <laughs> well, that's uh, okay to hear that the uh, European summer is a little bit hotter than usual. Um, but that doesn't mean that the action won't be hot on the pitch. And we're going to start our Group 1 games with the season opener, Stuttgart and Hanover at the Mercedes-Benz Arena. Kickoff is 8.30pm local time, 7.30pm UK time. Uh, the game will be on BT Sport 3 if you're in the UK, uh, Fox Soccer Match Pass in the USA. And of course, if you're watching in Germany, it'll be on Sky Sport Bundesliga 1. They've played 64 times previously, 28 wins for Stuttgart, 23 for Hanover, the rest being draws. When the two sides met last time out, it was a 5-1 win for Stuttgart. Um, Eva, I'm going to start with you. It is the two relegated sides who kick us off. Um, plenty to play for, especially for, say, Stuttgart. Tim Walter, the new manager, weight of expectation on him. How do we see this one playing out? Well, it's really difficult. I think um, Stuttgart, who is saying that they want to be promoted right away, Hannover didn't say anything uh, in that direction. Um, I somehow think that Stuttgart is a bit more under pressure and that might be good for Hannover. Um, especially it's a home game. Everything will be heated with everything going on at, at uh, Stuttgart at the moment. Um so I somehow see a small advantage for Hanover there. Um, it's They seem to be in a good place. Both teams re with uh, really good signings this season. Konrubert um, Zila will be back at Stuttgart, but now in a Hanover dress. So that will be fun to watch as well. Um, but yeah, I'd go with Hanover. It has the makings to be almost similar to last season's encounter between Hamburg and Kiel. Uh, Hamburg heavily favoured as the home side, but then Kiel uh, running amok in the second half to take a 3-0 win. Um, Alex, it's it's an interesting game in the context. A lot of personnel has changed hands throughout the summer. What do you see as the key f for the game itself, and who do you think will take the win? 
Uh, yeah, I, I would have to uh, agree with either sentiments, really. Um, I think the, the most important area would be uh, the, the striking departments, really. And I look at Hanover signings, both Marvin Dux and uh, Cedric Teuscher on loan from Schalke. In, in those two, they have real uh, Zweitzeliger experience and people who have shown that they can, you know, go quite a few in the second division. Um, and then look at... Uh, Stuttgart, of course, is Mario Gomez there, but beyond that, I'm not sure the goal-scoring prowess is there. Uh, Hamadi Al-Gwadawi has been brought in from Regensburg, but when I compare to what Hanover have up front, I have to uh, say that in this game, Hanover have the bigger threat up front. Whether that can translate to a victory at the Mercedes-Benz is a different question because it's always hard to travel there. Uh, but I would, uh, for a draw in this one, with, uh, like Eva said, a bit of a, uh, a swing towards Hanover. It will be an interesting one. I'm glad you brought up Cedric Toyker. He'll be someone that myself and, of course, all the Schalke faithful and those who listen to the Schalke podcast will be watching a keen eye for. The second match we will be looking at for Group 1 is Dinamo Dresden against Nuremberg. Uh, that game is the second game of the match day. Kickoff at 1 p.m. local time, at 12 p.m. UK time. That game will be on Sky Sport Bundesliga 4 in Germany. If you were watching in the USA, it'll be on Fox Soccer Match Pass. Teams have met 12 times in previous meetings. Six wins for Nuremberg, five draws, and only the one win for Dresden. Dresden have only that only win came away, and Nuremberg's last win in Dresden came in 2000 in the DFB Pokal. They won that game. 3-0. Um, Alex, I'm going to start with you. Of course, the last of our relegated sides coming in. Dresden, a so-so season by their standard. They've uh, been able to retain a lot of their players from last season. But of course, the big one is the keeping change market. Schubert to Schalke. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure there's a clear number one. I think Tim Boss is leading the race. Um, in the overall grand scheme of things for Dresden, uh, what do you think will be most important for them in uh, getting a result on Saturday? Uh, I would say it would have to be the form of Kone up front. He is, at the best of times, uh, inconsistent. Uh, and so if uh, Christian Field can get a tune out of his sense forward and get him consistently firing, then you know, I think that will be the key, especially when we consider that, you know, Nuremberg looked well set in defence, I would argue. Uh, Asker Sorensen did well at uh, Regensburg last season and looks to be a clear replacement for Everton. Um, so, if Muscone can consistently perform and can uh, can can appear on Saturday, then I think backed by their vociferous crowd, as we come to expect in Dresden, uh, they have a chance. Although I would say Nuremberg are the clear favourites. It's interesting you you mentioned Musa Kone. He was um, he garnered a lot of attention in the uh, in the summer transfer window. Barnsley, Toulouse, Bordeaux, uh, three sides who were very interested in the striker. But he's committed to staying in Dresden, and he will do so. Um, someone who probably sold himself a little bit short last season uh, needs probably needs to be a little bit more prolific in front of goal. Um, Either we look at Nuremberg. A team that has brought in some really interesting players, the likes of Nikola Dovidan, Felix Lokemper, as mentioned, um, Askar Sorensen by by Alex. Um, how important do you think their new signings are going to be, not only for this game, but for, for the entirety of the season? 
Well, um, it seems that they're already well integrated, more or less, uh, the whole team, especially the defense as well. If you compare um, Nuremberg, how they played Paris Saint-Germain, for example, to Dresden, who gave up six goals. Uh, it seems that they're really looking at stabilizing their defense at first, and then um, they have really good plays in the in, in strikers as well. So um, I think it w the key aspect will to how they are integrated into the team um, is everything working together. And but I am I'm quite sure this um, yeah this will work out. Um, and I'm going with Nuremberg on this as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nuremberg as well. Really like the new signings, um, in particular Dovidan. Interested to see how they're going to shape up. or All accounts see that they're going to play a back three. Uh, Tim Handwerker um, and either Oli Sorker and Rico Valentino will play as the, uh, the right wing back. Good mix. Um, interesting to see who leads the line. I think it'll be Ishak. Got some good players, and I think... Um, they will just be a, they'll just do enough to get a result in Dresden. That leaves our final Group One game, which is the Monday night kickoff game, eight thirty p.m. local time, seven thirty p.m. UK time. That game will be on Sky Sport Bundesliga One, uh, USA. It'll be on Fox Soccer Match Pass. Uh, Thirty previous meetings between the two sides, eight wins for Armenia, thirteen wins for Saint Pauli, nine draws. The last time they met at the Elm, it was one one. Um, Sorry, not the Elm, at the Millen Tour. When they last met at the Elm, St. Pauli won two goals to one, thanks to goals from Marvin Knoll and Mats Muller daily um, Either it's been a while since uh, Armenia took the points. You have to go back to the 2017-18 season. That ended 5-0. Big game to start the season for Armenia, who many are predicting are as a smoky chance of promotion. Big game. <laughs> You may not believe us, but we believe. Um, how do you see this one panning out? Honestly, I'm a bit disappointed by St. Pauli in their signings. I think uh, they're missing some quality up front um, with losing Artis Boedus, for example. Um, of course, there's still a lot of time to sign new players, but they have to be integrated in the team as well. And I don't know, it seems for me as um, as a Armenia fan as well that Armenia is a bit more, yeah, they're, they're a bit more made to play this game and to win this game as well. Um, but that it's always, I have to be careful saying that this stuff. Um, but yeah, for me, I think uh, that the overall... Yeah, surroundings at the club are really good at the moment. Um, hopefully, we have a good lineup, but I'm sure no one else will have something. Will think of something good. So yeah, I'd either either say a draw or actually a Mina win. So yeah, I hope I didn't jinx it now. <laughs> well, I think if we took the contrast between the ends of the seasons for both sides, Armenia, like a steam train, I think they lost. As Alex mentioned off-air, they'd lost once uh, from March until the end of the season. Fabian Close was brilliant. In fact, in this fixture alone, he is equal top scorer with three goals. A goal on Monday will give him the opportunity to be the all-time leading scorer in the Armenia Bielefeld St. Pauli fixture. I think they'll win Armenia um, and get off to that perfect start. 
Um, Alex, I'm not sure how you see this game, but as we as we mentioned previously, you know, if we took the form from last season, Armenia are in a lot better shape than St. Pauli. Yeah, definitely. And I think I, I have to, again, echo Eva's sentiments uh, in regards to St. Pauli. I, I do worry for them this season. Um, you know, they've lost Alex up front. And if, if you take away... Uh, the relegated teams, only five actually scored fewer than St. Pauli last season. Uh, Boris Tashi has arrived from Duisburg, but I would argue that like Diamantakos and like Kent Veerman, he's a wildly inconsistent striker. I don't see a consistent form of goals for Josh Luhukai's team. And at the best of times, he's a defensive manager. So uh, I struggle to see where the goals will be coming from, from the away team. And when we considered uh, Armenia's Great form, uh, not just at the end of the season, but under Uwe Neuhaus in general. Uh, I can only see one uh, winner coming in this one. Yeah, it's 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 mind-boggling how uh, relatively inactive St. Pauli have been in the transfer window. A um, lot of responsibility on the likes of Tashi and Herk Veerman uh, to get the goals. Um, one that probably doesn't boil well for the season, but we'll have to wait and see. Of course, the game isn't played on paper, it's played on the pitch. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll begin our group, group two games in just a moment. We're going to start in Hamburg when they host Darmstadt. As for mentioned, we start in Hamburg, Haasfeld hosting Darmstadt. A new era of Hamburg football, Dieter Hecking takes charge for the first time. Kickoff is on Sunday, 1.30 p.m., 12.30 p.m. UK time. This game will be on BT Sport 1 and BT Sport Live in the UK. Uh, Sky Sports, Bundesliga 1 and 5 are taking this one. And, of course, Fox Soccer match pass in the US of A. 12 previous meetings between the two sides. Hamburg have won seven of those. Darmstadt, three. The remainder have been draws. When the two sides met last time out at the Volkspark Stadion, it was a 3-2 win for Darmstadt. Many remember Hamburg were 2-0 up inside 20 minutes, but the Marvin Melher masterclass turning the tide for De Leon. Um, when, surprisingly, one of the statistics that does stand out in this game is that Darmstadt have won the last three meetings at the Volkspark Stadium. And you have to go all the way back to 1981 for the last time Hamburg beat Darmstadt in league play at the Volkspark Stadium. That game ended six goals to one. Um, Alex, it's an unbelievable statistic when you look at it that Darmstadt, all three games they've won have been on the road at the Volkspark Stadium and they've been the last three times they've played there. Um, is it is it con- inconceivable that Darmstadt will make it a fourth consecutive win in Hamburg? I wouldn't say it's inconceivable. I do like Darmstadt signings this season. Um, but then I, I don't think you can read too much into the, the previous meetings as I feel under this hacking uh, there's been a clear change in the ethos at the club over the summer if you look at the signings uh, no longer a Hamburg you know, uh, signing the stereotypical big names who have washed up and passed the best uh, in their signings is some of the likes of Sonny Kittle, David Kinsombi, Tim Leibold etc I see a clear policy of signing Zweiter Bundesliga um, proven players, but also ones that are relatively young and have something to prove. And when we consider, you know, they also, they've also acquired Lucas Hintersey, a proven goal scorer in the second division up front. Um, I see this as a new era of Hamburg where they've moved beyond the stereotype of old. And 
I, I have them as favourites for this game. Yeah, I think the key thing that you, you basically touched on is the hat that they're building a new identity. They've they've, they've almost they're almost stuck in this trance of trying to bring in those big name players who had been past the use by date, trying to you know remain relevant so per se, um, and at failing miserably last season almost in a way attests that they they kept the same core it didn't work they failed the objective hecking's come in stripped it all down essentially brought in the players that he wants to which they've done um and there's a lot of there should be a lot of optimism around hamburg this season and i think going into this season compared to last season they feel better equipped to make something of it not sure how you feel about this either but um you know hamburg Obviously, the weight of expectation this this year they'll have a similar expectation of going up. Um, obviously, the first hurdle is Darmstadt. H- how do you see them being able to navigate Demetrius Gramotz's side and and obviously the overall picture going into the season? Well, I'd agree um, with what you both said so far. I think the pressure is not that high that it was last year. I think they now, we talked about it in the last episode, um, they now know the Zweite Liga a bit. They've been here for a year. They know they shouldn't underestimate it. Um, they know they shouldn't underestimate clubs like Darmstadt that seem to be not the yeah best teams in the league. Um, and I think especially with Hacking, they, they have a coach that really sees it, that... Um, yeah, is not really looking at their opponents. Um, I think, yeah, the overall surrounding of the club, it, it's way better than last year. The, the fans have settled down. They, they are okay. They're not uh, one of the favorites to go up now. Uh, so that pressure relies on the other three. Um, Bundesliga sides that were relegated. Um, but on the other hand, uh it's Kamatsu's first real season, um, so he wants to kick it off really well, I assume. So it's, it has the qualities of being a really good and interesting game at the Volkswagen Stadion. That it does, and it's good that the UK telecom company is broadcasting that. We had to Osnabrück for our second Group 2 game. They host Heidenheim. They are back in the Zweite Bundesliga. Much excitement around the club that, of course, were the Dritter League winners of last season. That game is on Saturday, 3.30pm kickoff local time, 2.30pm UK time. Uh, that game will be broadcast on Sky Sport Bundesliga 1 and 3 in Germany and in the USA Fox Soccer Match Pass. Teams have met eight times previously. Four wins for Osnabrück, two wins for Heidenheim, and the rest being draws. The last time the two teams met was in the 2013-14 Dritter League season. Osnabrück were winners one goal to nil. It's been a hard ground to win at for Heidenheim. They've never won there. And only on two occasions has Heidenheim dropped points at home. Makes for an interesting game, Eva. Of course, Osnabrück back in the second tier. Hard game to predict this one. They're very unpredictable, um, as are most promoted sides when they come up. How do you see this one panning out? Um, I actually go with Heidenheim, I think, especially because... Frank Schmidt and Mark Schnatterer are two institutions of the Zweite Bundesliga. They know the league pretty well. They played plenty of promoted sides already. They know how to handle them. Um, 
well, it's gonna break their back, of course, a lot of uh, yeah, euphoric, some kind of, I, I assume, around the uh, euphoria around the club. But um, Heidenheim is never a side to underestimate, and I really see Frank Schmidt's side win here. It is going to be an interesting one, of course, Heidenheim coming off the heights of a season best campaign fifth, highest position eclipsing the sixth from a couple of seasons ago. Uh, they have lost some, some key figureheads uh, this season. Uh, haven't been particularly busy in the transfer window, that is, um, in terms of bringing players in. Um, Alex, I'm not sure how you see this one, of course, with Heidenheim. Losing the likes of Dovidan, Robert Andrik to Union Berlin. Do you think they have the players to, to cover those losses? Um, or do you think they might get a little bit exposed by the unpredictability of an Osnabrück side on the rise? Yeah, I think this one will be uh, a lot closer. Um, I don't think they've replaced either of those two players that have left. Uh, although uh, the signing of Merville uh, Biancardi from Hansa Rostock uh, provides a inconsistent if promising winger who could who could you know uh, change their attack somewhat if, if he hits the ground running having said that um Osnabrück had the best defense in the Dutta league last season they only conceded 31 and when you add the likes of Kevin Voltzer and Lucas Guggenig um, to that defense both with Zweite Liga experience I see it only getting better in the in the Zweite Liga so I actually go for a draw on this one whilst um I think Heidenheim haven't replaced those two players particularly well. Uh, like Eva mentioned, uh, both Frank Schmidt and Matt Schnatter are uh, institutions in the second division. So there isn't going to be a dramatic fall of the cliff for Heidenheim. That's evident by the fact that they beat Middlesbrough uh, 5-1 uh, last week. So I, I go for a draw in this one. Yeah, I'm going to back Osnabrück for an upset. As much as I like what Heidenheim have been doing... Um, and, of course, they've been really good in pre-season, of course, touching up a bottom-grade championship side like Middlesbrough. Um, no disrespect there, of course. Uh, they uh, made the playoffs and lost. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, it's so unpredictable to, to, to pick a winner and loser in, in these games. And and Osnabrück on the, ro- on the on, you know, their first fighter Bundesliga game in so many years. And I feel like they'll just be G'd up for the occasion and like their chances I really do and I think that record of only you know dropping points twice to Heidenheim I feel like that might give them a little advantage the last of our group two games is in Kiel they host Sandhausen that is the other game on Saturday afternoon that is the 3.30 kickoff 2.30 of course in the UK uh, that game will be on Sky Sport Bundesliga 1 and 2 in Germany and on Fox Soccer Match Pass in the USA they've met six times the draw is the leader in this one. They've drawn three times. Two wins for Sandhausen, one win for Kiel. The last time the two sides met was a 3-2 win for Sandhausen. And Kiel have only beaten Sandhausen once, as for mentioned. That came in the the first fixture of last season. That was a 2-1 win. Um, Alex, this one's quite interesting. Sandhausen have never won in Kiel. Do you expect that to change? Or do you think that under Andre Schubert, uh, Kiel will get off to a good start? Uh, I've well, I've, I've I've said neither of those, and I've actually gone down the middle and gone for a draw. <laughs> uh, 
I, I feel like with Hamburg, we were mentioned it's a change of ethos. I, I feel it's quite similar for Kiel this season under Andre Schubert. You know, whilst in the past, uh, under Mark Sandfang and then Tim Palter, uh, Kiel were renowned for bringing in young players and having a you know a, a, a forward momentum at the club. I, Joe Schubert has already managed at a high level and obviously ultimately failed at Mission Gladbach. Um, I feel the signings suggest a change of emphasis from the club. Um, old signings like uh, Ignowski and Gelios have kept coming. That's not to say youngsters haven't been brought in like Phil Neumann, but it, it, it's hard to replace the likes of David Kinsombi and Kingler Schindler you know, consistently. Um, and when you, when we look at the friendly form, they haven't actually won a meaningful one. They've lost to Sheffield Wednesday. And when we consider that your Sheffield Wednesday would lose to Lubeck. Uh, that's not <laughs> uh, the greatest, you know, omen for them. Uh, I, I, I'm quite you know, confident of some of Sandhausen signings, like even Povrevich from FC Ufa in in Russia is a a strange one, but he's an experienced midfielder, and uh, uh, Sandhausen's link with Russia seems to be uh, one of the strangest scouting links in the Zweite Bundesliga. If you remember, Alexander Zhirov um, arrived from Russia last season as well. Uh, so, the loss of Schleusen is important for Sandhausen, but hopefully, for for their sake, replaced by Boudou's and Engels. Uh, so, I, I stump for a draw in this one. It is going to be an interesting game. You, you also touched on the likes of Turpitz as well. Is a really good signing. I thought he was quite impressive um, for Magdeburg last season. Um, Eva, I'm not entirely sure how you see this one playing out. Um, it has the mark. It it does feel like it's a game that will end in a draw, but as we saw with Sandhausen's form at the end of the season, uh, they can find ways to score goals, and they have, and and under caution that they like to be a lot a lot more attacking and progressive in the final third. Um, do, do you reckon they have a chance to break that curse and finally win in Kiel? I do actually. Uh, I. Would tend more to a draw, but if I would have to pick a winner, it would be Sandhausen. I don't think Kiel has the likings of becoming a surprise team. They were last season, actually, to many quality yeah, team members gone, as Alex mentioned, with Kingsley Schindler, for example. Um, it's, it's going to be a really tough season. We spoke about it uh, in the last episode. I'm not a huge fan of Andre Schubert either. I don't really think he he is the coach who will get Kiel to yeah, being promoted. I see them somewhere in midfield off the table, actually. Um, but yeah, Sandhausen, uh, as, as you mentioned, really good signings. Uh, for example, Tupitz, who, who was a really good player for Magdeburg. Um, yeah, they they have the quality to win this. It will be interesting and one that we'll be watching with anticipation. We'll take another break. Three games remaining in our match day one preview. We're going to start in Regensburg when they host Bochum. Yes, and we start our Group 3 games in Regensburg. They host Valfell Bochum. That game is on Sunday, 3.30 kickoff local time. game will be on Sky Sports, Bundesliga 1 and 3 in Germany, and of course, Fox Soccer Match Pass in the USA. 
They've met seven times previously, three wins for Jan, two wins for Bochum, and the rest have been draws. The last time they met, it was a 2-1 win for Jan. The last time Bochum won came, against Jan Regensburg came in the 2017-18 season. And wouldn't you believe it, it's now new signing for Melbourne Victory. Robbie Cruz was the goal scorer in that 1-0 victory. How lovely. Uh, in fact, Bochum's wins against Jan have both come away from home. So maybe it is a good omen for them. Um, Eva, I'm going to start with you. Two sides who have had relatively quietish summers, especially Jan, who usher in a new manager. Um, it, it, quite a tough game to predict this one. How do you see this one panning out? I go with Bochum, actually. I think um, it's much more quieter around the club. You don't have a new coach. Half of your players left. I think it's a bit... Um, yeah, they had a more quiet preseason than Regensburg had. Um, and I think that might be an advantage because uh, there's not so much pressure lying on Robin Dirt than it is on Regensburg's new coach. Um because it's it's already his second season here, and he has not like it's Bochum. Nobody really expects them to overachieve anything because um, yeah, they're like the Zweite Bundesliga giants, more or less. Dinos, however you want to call it, and I think there it's going to yeah be a quiet season for them. And Regensburg might have to struggle somehow. I don't know why. I have the feeling. They've overachieved the last two seasons, Jan Regensburg, when you consider the, the the side of the club, the budget, so on and so forth. They've done it they did extremely well under Akimbi Lortza, of course Merced Selenbegovic is in charge. Of course he was a secondary to Bielorza. Um rather, rather interesting off season for them. They've had they've lost a couple of key players, the likes of Hamidi Algadoui, Sargas Adamian, of course, the Stuttgart and Hoffenheim, respectively. Uh, Philip Penka also going to Hoffenheim to be the number two behind Oliver Bauman. Um, they've certainly feels like they've gone younger. The likes of Jan Mark Schneider from uh, St. Pauli, Alexander Meyer, not the football god, but the goalkeeper uh, comes from Stuttgart to provide competition to Andreas Weiss. Um, Alex. Uh, it is it is built up to be a quite interesting one. Uh, what do you think will be the key um, for Bochum to go and get the victory in Regensburg? Uh, the key, I think, comes in attack. Um, I like the permanent sign of Silver Gambula from Anderlecht. He scored three in the last month of the season. Uh, and the question is, though, in that sense, is can he replace Lucas Hintersey? And I, I dare to say, yes, he can. Um, towards the end of the season, Gambula actually scored more than the Austrian uh, so if he can you know, keep up that form that he showed late last season, uh, I think he will you know, lead Bochum this season and they'll start um, that off well with a victory in Regensburg. Um, I think Regensburg's loss of Agadoui and uh, Adamian is crucial. That's 26 goals that they lost. Um, and I think I think you know, for a team of their limited budget, it's hard to, to replace... Um, that amount of goals when when they haven't spent a penny at all. So, uh, a Bochum win for me. Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, Gamvalor, as you mentioned, 
very interesting signing. Got plenty of talent and ability. Uh, I'm sure many will agree that if he can uh, just keep his calm and not get sent off like he did in the season finale, um, that should be all fine. It should be a good signing. And uh, if you want to have a look at a scout report on Ganvola, go to Football Bloody Hell, search Silvery Ganvola, and you'll have one there for you. No plugging. No more plugging, I think, for that episode um, for now. Um, the next game is in Fert. Uh, Greuterfurt are hosting Erzgeberger Auer. They've met 26 times. Uh, 12 wins for Greuterfurt, 6 wins for Auer, 8 draws. That game is also on Sunday at 3.30pm local time. Interesting game this one could be. When they met last time out, it was one all at the Erzgeberger Stadium. But when they last met at the Sport Park, Ronhoff, Thomas Sommer... Our won five goals to nil in one of the more extraordinary games in the Spider Bundesliga season. Um, Alex, two sides that, if we're honest, are probably going to be in the fight to avoid relegation. Uh, getting off to a positive start in the season is all but crucial for these teams, especially a team like Auer, who doesn't travel particularly well. Um, how do you see them? Go- how do you see Auer going in this game? And-, and what do you think their prospects are for the season ahead? I was, to be honest, I wasn't um, too kind of the match before I actually looked into the sort of their signings and whatnot. And having done so, I'm actually more positive than I was beforehand. Um, again, Soren Gunther comes in from Dresden. He brings in experience, especially in the second division. Uh, but once again, I think our will very much depend on the form of Pascal Testerot. You know, with his 15 last season, that was 35% of their goals. Uh, and they have been strong in pre-season. You know, they beat Hertha and they drew with Union and by all reports, they should have beat Union towards the end there. Um, so I've actually, I, I think they can pull off a surprise victory here. Uh, and although I think they will be towards the bottom of the table, I think it'll be much the same as last season where they're always a game ahead perhaps of these teams below them. Yeah, they, they have um, strengthened defensively as it seems uh, with also uh, Marco... Mahojevic from Pauk in Greece uh, is, a, is an interesting signing for them. Um, turning to Furtz, of course, they've made interesting signings um, to make themselves a bit better. They have lost some some key players like Mario Maloka, um, Richard Magyar, and the before-mentioned Lucas Gaganik. Um, Eva with Furtz, um, <clears throat> a side that got out of trouble with the change of manager with Stefan Leitl. Um... A team that became a, certainly a lot more defensive-minded when he came through. With that in mind, and with the 5-0 result uh, the last time they met in Furt, um, do you think they'll be able to stave off uh, that performance previously? Um, and going forward, do you think they've got the options to, uh, to really make a charge to that mid-table, maybe upper mid-table coming to the season? Hi, really difficult for me. Uh, this game in in general is for me really, um, you know, hard to predict in any way. It's there are always sides you there Zweite Bundesliga sides, but you can't really say how it will play out um, for them. I think Stefan Leitl is being really secretive with how his lineup will look or will be in the end. Yeah, for me, it's it's all about the first game. Actually, I didn't really see a lot from them in in the preseason, so probably it will be easier to predict match day two than match day one. 
for the for this game. Uh, for me, it's it just scream yeah screams draw for me with those two sides. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think it'll end up maybe a one-one. Let's hope not a nil-nil, but maybe a one-one, or or maybe they'll get a bit uh, spicy and make it two or something like that. Uh, that brings us to our last game of match day one, and it is the other two promoted sides from the Dritte Liga: Vehan Vispaden and Karlsruhe. That game is on Sunday, three thirty p.m. local time on Sky Sport Bundesliga two or one in Germany. And of course, Fox Soccer Match Pass in the USA. They've met nine times previously. KSC have won five times. Wiesbaden three and one draw. But last season in the two meetings in the Drittsliga, it was Wiesbaden who did, as the Americans would say, the season sweep. 5-2 away win at the Wild Park Stadium, followed by a 2-0 win at home. You have to go back to the 2017-18 season for Karlsruhe's last win. And their last win in Wiesbaden all the way back in 2012 and 13. That result ended four goals to two. Um, Eva, with promoted sides playing each other, which is almost a bit of a shame in some respect that their first match, they'd be really looking forward to, to being back in the side of Bundesliga and they play a side that they played <laughs> twice the previous season um, in the league below. Um, we'll go with Wiesbaden to start with, beating, of course... Ingolstadt in the relegation playoff. Um, a team that scored more goals than any side in the Dritte Liga last season. Best team away from home. Home form was equally as good as their away form. What do you think they can bring to the table to the Spider Bundesliga? Um, and one thing maybe we should look out for from Rudiger Reims' side. Uh, to be honest, I see them kind of Magdeburg side 2.0 this season. Um, they have some good signings. Um, Rudi Garim is not a bad coach, um, but somehow I don't really see them achieving anything above 15th place. Um, so I go with Karlsruhe here anyway. I think they have a bit more experience in the Zweite Bundesliga. They know a bit better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it just hits me this feeling that I don't think that Wien will be very long in the Zweite Bundesliga this season. It is interesting you say that. Um, it's hard to predict with them. We've seen teams that have scored bundles and bundles of goals um, get promoted and then really struggle to find those scoring feats. Magdeburg would attest to that last season. Um, I think... Yeah, I will tell you what I think of them in the topic questions later on. Um, where I think they'll finish. But yeah, I, I kind of predict maybe a tricky season for them back in the Spider Bundesliga. As for Karlsruhe, um, Alex, they've had a really tough time winning in Wiesbaden. Um, but a lot of people are really optimistic on their chances. They've made some interesting signings like Lucas Freuder from Duisburg is one that I think a lot of people are high on. Uh, they've also bolstered the goalkeeping stocks with Marius Griesbeck from Hertha. Um how do you see their season going under Elias Schwartz? Um, do, do you think they have a, the potential to win this game against Wiesbaden? Um, but what, what are your impressions on them going into the season? Yeah, I think for a lot of neutral commentators and ones like ourselves, it's quite easy to look at their squad. And if you do so, you see it's a squad full of vital Bundesliga experience. You have the likes of Daniel Gordon, who seemingly 
can never leave Carlsruhe, even if he does leave. Uh, <laughs> Philip Hoffman, you know, Kyung Rock Choi, formerly of San Paoli. Um, it, it's easy to see why people can comment that they'll do well in this Vital League. And I think it, it will be interesting to see, and their success will ultimately depend on how that core group of players can adapt to life back in the second tier after a few years away in the third division. Um, I think they'll be stronger in defence, um, much the same as Osnabrück, really. And I've gone for a draw in this one, but I do see them being more successful than Vehen, um going forward in the long term. I think, I mean, my first comment on this game in my notes is boo Wiesbaden uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> if people did watch the relegation uh, playoff, I think Wiesbaden went up in because of Ingolstadt rather than themselves. Um, it was an, you know, in the away game in Wiesbaden, uh, Ingolstadt were cruising towards a 2 0 victory, and it was a you know, rather poor defender that actually allowed Vehen uh, into the game right at the end. Um, so, despite the goals they scored, I'd, I'd, a, a better team than Ingolstadt would have quite easily have. You know, defeated them over two legs, uh, and even Ingolstadt, very poor Ingolstadt team, uh, nearly pulled it off as well. Um, saying that Manuel Schaffler up front, you know, has 60 goals for Vehin in you know, it's a one in two ratio, and, and if he can discover that form in the Vice League, it, it gives him a fighting chance. But uh, I think, again, I agree with uh, you two, and I think Vehin will struggle. That we shall wait and see. And now to our fan questions. Of course, that concludes our match day one preview. Two fan questions, and then I've got one for our panel of experts. We'll start with Steel Penguin at Steel Penguin 3. He says, Hello, everybody. Hope you all have had a good break. Can't believe the Spider Bundesliga is upon us. Uh, do you think this season will be as crazy as last season? Um, Eva, I guess I'll open with you. Uh, do you think this will be crazy as last season or even crazier turning the crazy level up to 11 potentially? <laughs> Definitely crazy. I think very interesting to watch uh, even as someone who supports the Bundesliga side. I think it's always nice to uh, yeah, watch the zweite Bundesliga. I think it will be a bit... Um, yeah, everything will be stamped down a bit by the VAR, which we all love. So much. Uh, I don't think it, it will get fairer in any way. I don't think the the sports itself will get fairer with it in the Zweite Liga. I think uh, there are some games where we can expect long, uh, you know, waiting times, which is not really cool. But it will be crazy. Um, predicting it, it's always very, very difficult. Um, it is absolutely. Alex, your thoughts. Uh, yep, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think there's a reason why so many international fans like the second division of, you know, German football. It's, it, it, on the paper, it's not, a, it's not a you know an obvious link to make. And the reason why so many of us do is because it is just so random. There's so many strange things that goes on. And uh, again, I think with VAR coming in, it, it, there might be waiting times, but we've seen so many stupid things happen through that. You know, uh, I'll, I'll raise memories back to you know the penalty at halftime in Mainz's game. So um, I think things like that, which will inevitably happen with VAR, uh, I think will only add to the uh, drama and craziness of things. 
that it will please, for God's sakes, get VAR right for all of us. Uh, we don't want it to detract from the excellent atmosphere and good football that comes with this magnificent league that is the Spider Bundesliga. Uh, our second question is from Danny at KDanny41. Of course, he's our Greuterfurt correspondent slash fan. Um, he asks, who will be the biggest disappointment this season? Um, Alex, considering you followed a team that ultimately with the ultimate disappointment of last season who is the who is going to be who will take that mantle this season uh, I've actually gone for Kiel but I'm not, I'm not sure whether it, I mean I think it's a disappointment compared to where they've been in their time in the Vital League so far uh, under Tim Valter and then previously um, Max Anfang uh, like I said it, for their game I feel like there's been a bit of a change in the ethos at the club and um I don't know whether they'll be able to keep up the heights of what they've achieved so far. So I, I think from that perspective, they will ultimately disappoint this season. Uh, Eva? For me, it's Regensburg, actually. I think um, something to do with changing manager as well um, and not really replacing the signings, they, uh, the players they lost. Uh, for me, they will be one... Yeah, a dis- disappointment, as Alex said, with Kiel compared to maybe last season, the season before as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with St. Pauli. Um, <laughs> rather anonymous transfer window for them. Um, it still feels like a, a Marcus Kalczynski type side that Yosli Hukai is running. I also think he's going to be the first manager to get the axe as well. Um, and I don't think they'll be able to recover from it no matter who comes in to try and salvage the uh, the boat. Um I think it's going to be one of those seasons that, A, they won't replicate some of the heights of last season and, and this season. It's just going to be one of those really challenging things. Nothing against the club. Love the club. But that is just of footballing opinion, so per se. Uh, this is my question for the panel. Uh, I will start with Eva. Um, we have to predict who is going to be <laughs> a top, who's going to be in the top three, and who is going to go down into the bottom three um, in no particular order, uh, your top three and bottom three, please. Top three are for me Stuttgart, HSV, and Nuremberg, actually. Bottom three, uh, Regensburg, Auer, and Wien. Um, Alex? Top three of uh, Hamburg, Nuremberg, and uh, Hanover. And then a bottom three of Furt, uh, Wehen, and Regensburg. Okay, interesting. Well, I have the same top three as Eva, Stuttgart, Haasvall, Nürnberg. My bottom three is Osnabrück, Auer, and Wien, Wiesbaden. And that <laughs> is how I see it. Um, if you disagree with us, uh, do join in the conversation out on our Twitter feed at the Spider Bundesliga podcast. You can follow either all three of us. Uh, on Twitter, at Matthew Karagich, at Lottie Bowl, at Bundesliga underscore UK. And that concludes our preview for match day one. We are so excited. Two days to go until the best league in the world kicks off in Stuttgart. We hope you enjoy the ride. We're glad to bring it with you from Alex and Eva. I'm Matthew Karagich. It's a pleasure to, to have your company. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.